every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Thanks as well to our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Before we get going on the what's going on, i got to ask you the question I just asked uh, Austin, and get your response, Jake. And no smart alecky response. That's all I do. That's all I I do. I know. You're very good at it. But I I saw a a video earlier today of big wave surfing somewhere. I don't know where it was. But like 60, 70-foot waves. If If you were worried about your own safety and I gave you the choice, you could either be an astronaut or a big wave surfer. And you had to do it. Which one would frighten you more? Oh, big wave surfer for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Austin said astronaut. Yep. I'm just telling you right now, you're going to die. You're going to die in this on a 70 foot wave. That's going to kill you. You're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and why would it, you and Jake survive and be successful astronauts? Tell me. Because Crazy. you're in a, at least you're in a capsule. You're you know you're in a space uh, situation that should be able to keep you. Do you, you know alive. what it, kind of physical fitness those astronauts are in? Yeah, well, if it's I'm, it's not that they just launch any guy off the couch up into space <laughs> and he gets there and does fine. If, uh, if what's his name can do it at uh, ninety whatever years old, John Glenn, yeah, I'll be fine. Oh, okay. Uh, can we get to the? Should we get to the jazz? Should we get to sure. Coach Coach Schneider's uh, comments today? Sure, chickens. <laughs> we'll we'll let you hear his comments. This is uh, after practice as camp rolls on. We'll also get to Donovan Mitchell coming up here in a bit. But uh, let's start off with the Coach. My guess is some of you are aware, um, but a few days ago, Donovan uh, donated twelve million dollars to Greenwich Country Day. Um, which obviously was the school that he attended growing up. Um, also the school where his mom taught. And uh, it's just, he's talked a lot about education. And you know, that's, a, that's a phenomenal commitment. And I think it speaks a lot to, to who he is and, and really his mom too, um, given the fact that you know, she's been an educator, a lifelong educator. So it's, uh, that's a number that, jumps off the page at you and it's quite a generous gift just wanted to make everybody aware of that to the extent that we aren't thank you thank you coach um we will go ahead and open up for questions now uh first question will come from tony jones the athletic um two-part question actually Uh, you know what does that mean to you guys you know donovan's gift what is it you know, mean to you guys as an organization and, you know, a basketball question, um, you know, have you decided how you guys are going to divvy up 
preseason minutes or is that just kind of a work in progress as as we head towards Saturday? Well, you know, with respect to Donovan, you know, that's him. And, and he's he's done a lot of things. Um, you know, he, he's had an opportunity to be vocal on a lot of different issues. He's really um, education has been uh, something that, that he's consistently voiced a, a commitment to. So um, I think it's a, you know, it, it's, it, it's a, he's a role model for many kids and, you know, it, it shows his, you know, his commitment to that. And it's not something he's just done in the form of, you know, a financial gift. Um, I got a, uh, a text yesterday, um, Mayor Mendenhall and I have talked uh, about doing some things in the community along that same line. And uh, I know Ryan Smith and Steve Starks were meeting with some civic officials and it, it, uh, the text she sent me basically um, outlined some of the comments that, that people here in, in the community and in, you know, in our local government um, have to say about our guys, our guys generally, and Donovan in particular, um, with you know the example that he's had in that area. So, you know, our our players, um, you know, have been committed to when you talk about change and things like that. You know, where where they've gone now is is real action and focus, um, and it's great to see that. Not just you know Donovan with this high school, but Donovan, Rudy, JC, all those guys, Joe, have been active in our community as well. Um, with the respect, Tony, to, to minutes, um, you know, we've, we've had a couple guys out, as you know, um, with COVID, um, which has given, given us the chance to see different lineups. Um, you know, right now, I think, I wouldn't use the, the word experimentation, um, but getting a chance to see different combinations together and really those guys, you know, working together, um, you know, different players in pick and roll in particular, um, in our offense, you know, flow where, you know, we're spacing and, and reading and reacting to, you know, where the ball goes, whether it's dribbled or passed or where a guy cuts, you know, some of those things, it, it can look random and we want it to be random um, and we want variety, but we also want certain guys in certain situations. We want Boyan and Joe and Mike coming off of wide pin downs. You know, we want Donovan in pick and roll. We want Jordan, you know, coming off, getting handoffs, and we want everybody shooting threes. All right, next question, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Jordan had said that uh, Elijah had had a really good practice today and also mentioned sort of the rookies just fighting and competing in practice, and i just like to know what you've seen out of some of the newer, younger faces. Well, I would, I would concur with JC. Uh, hopefully he didn't mention the fact that he was guarding him. So he, uh, no, in, in fact, it, when those guys, um, some of our younger guys raise their level, um, like they did today, um, particularly in the defensive end, it, it helps our team get better. And, you know, those guys, whether it's me, a challenging, um, Boyan or, uh, Trent Forrest and Nigel challenging Donovan and pick and roll those, those guys, um, they raise the level, um, you know, of our, our key guys, our rotational guys. And the other thing that happens is it, it, it really, it helps them focus, I think, on the ways, you know, in the case of Mie or Jarrell or Juwan, th th that's where we're going to ask of them. 
you know, when they go in the game. And so it's a, it's a good opportunity for them to find, um, you know, their roles within the team defensively. And then they're also, um, one of the things that's happened is they're starting to play to their strengths more. You know, Mie is playing more get action where he passes and cuts as opposed to playing pick and roll. Um, those guys are doing different things that are going to help them in the game as well. And they're raising the level of our practice. All right, next question. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Thank you. Good to see you. Sarah. So in speaking with JC, he had mentioned that while he anticipates his role kind of being the same this year, he mentioned that like being more familiar with things after the amount of time he's been here now means that you're starting to kind of, to your, to your point about experimentation, starting to run him through different actions. I was just wondering uh, what you're seeing out of him in terms of that comfort level and, and also maybe some of the different ways we might see him operate within this team this year. Yeah, I would, you know, to be honest, um, JC, um, even Mike and Boyan, um, you know, having a chance to watch them play over the course of the year and, and JC as well, uh, you start to see the different concepts where they're comfortable um, and successful and trying to, whether it be to design plays um, tactically or really with their teammates where those guys start to kind of recognize things for one another. So it's, um, you know, screening actions have been really good. Um, all three of those guys, uh, Mike and JC and Boyan, you sometimes you don't think of Mike um, coming off screens because a lot of times, he, you know, he's had the ball. Um, but that's one of the things we're able to do, having multiple ball handlers. Um, Boyan, you know, on the post, we haven't used JC on the post. Um, but that's not something I would be afraid to do either. Uh, so those guys are, are finding those concepts. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm a big believer that players teach you as a coach and you can see the things that they gravitate towards. And there's, there's times where, you know, you want to redirect them, but for the most part, um, if you find something someone's comfortable doing, whether it be offensively or defensively, you know, you want to adjust to them um, because usually, uh, you know, you can still coach them in those things, but you know, that means there's a comfort level and it's good um, for me as a coach to, to adjust to them. All right. We have time for one more questions. This will come from Ben Anderson, KSL sports. Quinn, a little bit along those lines with Mike and Boyan, Jordan, and even your, your second year players, are you seeing an advantage of this kind of being their third training camp because they had one before the bubble? Are you seeing a, a different place than they would be otherwise? It's, it's a good point. Um, you know, every one of those camps, so to speak, has obviously been different. Um, but there has been a progression. Um, as I said, I, I think some of it is reducing, uh, to be honest, once you, you kind of go wide to, to, to narrow and, you know, finding things that everybody's comfortable with. Um, the biggest thing, and, and this kind of goes back to, to Eric's question too, Ben, is, is you know, the defense is something that there's less, you know, they're, they're adjusting within a structure defensively. And, you know, Rudy's the one that anchors that, you know, Fave can do that too. So can Doe, you know, we've seen him play um, really good defense for us, um, which, which helps us. But, you know, all those guys, in addition to kind of knowing each other offensively, which we were kind of talking about, they also have a feel for each other defensively. So something as simple as switching, you know, or not switching, 
um, different concepts defensively, they're able to make some of those adjustments on their own. All right, there you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as uh, camp rolls on, getting ready. First preseason game coming your way Saturday night. Uh, a game will tip off at 7 o'clock. But what uh, what stood out to you there, Gordon? Well, the first thing was uh, what Quinn mentioned about what Donovan Mitchell had done, a $12 million gift, Jake. Uh, that That is substantial. And uh, I know that stuff is important to Quinn. He, uh, he, he likes having his players um, set a good example and uh, just be good people. And so that was important to him to make that uh, make that clear to everybody. Uh, we had all heard that, but uh, he wanted to make it absolutely clear. As far as what he was asked about, about basketball, uh, these guys are all, I know they play basketball a lot, and I know a lot of them have had some seasoning in the NBA, but he's he's trying to incorporate these new players into this whole thing, and they're having to adapt Uh, as he was saying there at the end, at both ends of the floor. And those younger players, whoever adapts the quickest, is going to create an opportunity, I think, for himself. Well, they need the depth. So I I would guess that's why he's concentrating on it so much. I mean, you know, the rest of the team is largely the same, except for Derek Favors coming back, and and there's plenty of familiarity there uh, as well, obviously. So the learning curve isn't going to be too bad for him. So... You know, concentrate on developing those those players at the back part of the of the roster because last year proved anything is the bench was the problem. So yeah. you you add a you a player like Derek Favors and we'll see if he starts or whatever. But I you know I think we're we're anticipating his role being with that bench unit a lot, and and you re-sign Jordan Clarkson, but you still need that uh, you know the three and D wing who can who can make some shots and and go out and guard the other team's uh, better players. You know, there's some certainly some opportunity, and uh, you know they actually have to decide who's going to be on the roster. So that's another thing, and I'm sure why he's concentrating on some of those guys. So yeah, I mean, there there's going to be opportunity for young players if they develop. And this off season has been so weird. I bet development is certainly on the top of his mind. Yeah, and uh, one other thing that another thing that stood out to me was when uh, when he was asked about uh, what uh, Jordan Clarkson had said about the practice that I think he was talking about Elijah Hughes uh, was was playing really well, and uh, Quinn said well, JC was trying to cover him, right? Right. Uh, that's kind of a wicked sense of humor that people don't always see about Quinn. That was a pretty funny comment, actually. But uh, I, I'm curious to see whether any of these guys can – I mean, we, we hear about Elijah Hughes. You know, we know what he did at Syracuse. What can he do for the Jazz? I, I don't know. But he obviously was not a, a high draft pick. But can can someone come in like that and be just enough of a piece – for the Jazz uh, to, to, to be useful. We talked about the adjustments that need to be made uh, that are that need to be made that are unique to the way the Jazz run their offense and their defensive structures. But when push comes to shove, can a guy like that actually hit some shots? Can can he make some plays for the Jazz? That's a big ask. I get that for such a young player without much experience. But you know, when you look around the league you see players who who are not particularly high draft picks who step into situations and help their teams win. Did anybody think Hero was going to – I mean, I know he was a, a nice draft pick, but did anybody think he was going to play the role that he played with the Heat so quickly? The sandwich guy? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, so and we've seen other cases of that at the defensive end, guys coming into the league and and being able to help out. Uh, so these things are possible. All right, coming up next, we're going to get to Donovan Mitchell and his thoughts today uh, as Jazz uh, Camp rolls on. Uh, don't forget, we also have a uh, a very busy day guest-wise. David James is going to be on the show at 4, Christian Cox at 4.30, David Locke at 5. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 at The Zone. Most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, Football Friday is going to be at the warehouse this week. Coach Mack, Alema, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. How many millions did you donate to your uh, old elementary school, Gordon? Or what, what is it uh, his high school, not elementary school, right, Donovan? I, I think it's his elementary through middle school, actually. Is that what it is? The Greenwich Country Day. Oh, okay. Know. Did you carve off a few mil for your elementary, Gordon? Mm, a little bit short of that. Is the safety patrol named after you? Uh, I really didn't like the schools I went to that much, but I think it was just me being a lazy kid, you know. Respect my authority. That's well, it, I, kid. I mean, You've been loitering in the hallway too long. That's detention well, it, for you. It was. It was a call to duty. It was some, you know, they asked me to do it, and so I felt, compelled i thought you were elected i i was they asked me to run mm, mm. who's no they? i was is uh, it the deep state <laughs> oh man it was kind of an honor really because i mean like i said it was uh, uh voted on by the student body and uh, i guess i i had some favor with the student body <laughs> so i see all right. Well, I have not contributed. You guys are just jealous because nobody ever voted you to run anything of authority when you were younger, did they? No, I don't think jealousy is the is what I'm feeling right now. Did you ever run for like student office or anything like that? No. Yeah, me neither. Uh, let somebody else do that work. <laughs> did, did you feel like those those student body officers were the ones that were going to somehow? Either change the world or, or, or mine their or pocketbooks. We're desperate for attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was a student uh, officer. Were you really? What were you? I was in the cabinet as a sophomore in high school. There's a cabinet at Layton High. There was when I went. Yeah. Wow. And what did? What is it that you did? Essentially, get into games for free and think I was cool. And, and get one of the, the like the sweaters or whatever the sweater from Coleman Knitting up in Ogden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, uh, we we organized dances and came up with the theme songs for the dances. Did it get you did dates? You, did did no. this uh, make you feel important? 
Uh, no, but it was fun to did have a class a that I didn't have to do anything in. Did it give you a sense of belonging? No. All right. Were you popular in high school? Awesome. No, because I also ran for office like seven times and never won. So, you know, I have respect for that. For never winning. I, yeah, <laughs> you kept trying, and uh, I. This is weird. <laughs> no, no, weird. it's not weird. It is. No, it's it's not weird. You were showing some stick to itiveness, and even though you didn't get elected, uh, you were still trying. No, it's what Jake and, said. I was thirsty for attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Here I am trying to build you up, make you feel good about yourself, and you're telling me that. I I have great respect for the losers, for the kids, for the kids who try and do something because they want to be involved somehow. Wait, wait, wait! Did you just call Austin a loser? Yep. Yeah, that but did. at least he has respect for me. <laughs> wow, that really happened. <laughs> jeez! I'll tell you, Gordon's been insulting us both all day. <laughs> Hey, all the losers out there. All it could be worse. Losers. Wow. Those are the people I feel for. Okay. Not the winners. The winners get the attention. The losers are the ones that stuck their neck out there. They took a chance. They're like Boise State. <laughs> they took a chance. They just sit on their laurels. They went out there and tried to make a difference, and they lost. And they kept the fact that you tried seven times, Austin. Was that an exaggeration? Yes. How many it was times? Only three you... years in high school. How many times? Not did for you Austin. <laughs> <laughs> high school is the best seven years of my life. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool that you tried. Yeah, let's get to Donovan Thanks, Mitchell, Dad. shall we? Uh, Donovan had this to say. Here's his media availability today. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump in here. We'll have our first question come from Nio Campbell of Utah Jazz. Hey, Donovan. So um, we're going to step away from training camp and just talk about your recent donation to your high school of $12 million. Um, you have often spoke about, you know, your legacy being beyond basketball. Uh, so can you just talk to me about your decision after signing that extension to make that one of the first things that you do as, your donate, as a donation and then um, the feeling of being able to do that? So early yeah. in career. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously we were in the bubble, you know, we were talking about different ways to impact, you know, our communities. And for me, you know, my biggest thing was education. You know, I felt like we're at a place in this world where people may not be as informed as they should be. And it comes from just learning, you know, and where do you learn from? You learn in school, you know, and there, uh, me going to private and public school, I've seen that there are two, uh, different worlds, different Americas. You know, I, I've said that many times and, you know, being able to give a kid who doesn't necessarily have that opportunity um, to go to private school, to receive that same education that somebody else may have. So, you know, taking kids from less fortunate areas who may not have the means, have the grades, who may not have the means to be able to get to school, to be able to be at private school. So I, myself and my mom, uh, we, we took pride in that. We found we, it took a while, you know, for us to kind of plan it all out, figure out how, how we would go about it, you know, and I, I credit the Grand Country Day School for allowing us to, you know, to take kids from different areas, whether it's, you know, the Westchester, uh, sorry, the uh, New York City area, uh, this area in Connecticut called Bridgeport, you know, just different areas uh, in that in that tri-state area that's just trying to find ways to get kids, you know, the same opportunities and the same goals, uh, even though they may not financially be able to, to make it to those places. Um, that's just been my biggest thing. Um, that I've been pushing for is an equal education, you know, and this is just one step in the right direction. Then as well as, you know, giving, giving a gym to, to the school that, you know, where, where it all really started for me, uh, being able to, to, to donate a gym in my name, I think is, is pretty special. And then my mom as well, being able to give, um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, uh, scholarships to, to teachers, you know, who, who work, you know, teachers are, are, you know, the unsung heroes throughout all this. The students are, you know, a part of it. The teachers, you know, they're underpaid. You know, they, 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 they do a lot of work. I've seen my mom teach for, for, for many years and she just recently retired and she was, she was big on being able to give back to teachers because, you know, there's a lot of times where teachers are paying out of pocket, you know, for their school supplies, paying out of pocket for it to make the kids experience great. Uh, so being able to reward those teachers, with, uh, with, you know, a, a job at a country day and with, you know, being able to support uh, those teachers as well, I think was something that we really wanted to focus on. And, you know, I'm extremely blessed to make that happen. Okay, next question. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Donovan, we've heard uh, from Jordan and then from Quinn today about how guys like Mie have stepped up and seem to be taking a big step and also that people have been impressed with Elijah and... Um, and Udoka. I'm wondering what you've seen from them in practice the last few days. And also, are you surprised at all because of how truncated things are that they've been able to take such a step? Um, I'm not surprised because, you know, we have guys that are, are, are very mature. You know, we have guys that, you know, know how, are, are quick learners, fast learners, you know, whether it's the plays, it's, you know, learning how to take care of your body, the routines, getting in the gym. You know, these guys from the rooks to the second year guys, they're the first ones in the gym. You know, they're in there working. Um, even, you know, Jake and, and Trent, who were also rookies as well, they're all in the gym, you know, finding ways to, to, to better themselves, asking questions. You know, that's the biggest thing I told them last year and this year. Like, don't be afraid to ask. You know, there's no wrong answer. Um, you know, there's no there's no wrong question, I should say. There's, no, there's nothing that you can't ask because at the end of the day, this is new. It's a new experience, and they've done a they've done a tremendous job of being able to take what they've learned and and you know put it into their games. And they've been playing playing well, but also coming in you know and acting like professionals at a, at a you know with their first one or two years in the league. And I think that's something that's really stood out. Um, and there's more work to do, but they're they're accepting of it. They're ready for it, and they're not shying away from their their roles. And I think that's pretty impressive. All right, next, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Donovan, just wanted to follow up on the donation. So it sounds like, and just kind of get the details right, um, it kind of sounds like it's being broken up into kind of three groups. You've got the scholarships for students, scholarships for teachers, and then the gym. Am I missing anything else where that's kind of going to? No, that, that's, that's the, those are the three. Cool. That's it. Thanks. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, David Locke. Okay. First off on the donation, you're the best. Congratulations. Um, so I, I was actually looking back at some old stuff from Denver where Jokic talked about when Millsap came, he was a veteran, he'd been so established and he, he felt as though he kind of stepped aside and then Millsap got hurt and he had to kind of step forward and take over. Did you feel any of a comparable thing with Mike last year that you had this like incredible 12 year veteran coming in, you had to be respectful, but then, you know, and, and so you backed up a little bit and now you can be more assertive just because the way things played out. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the best thing with Mike, man, is, you know, when we worked out in L.A. together for the first time, you know, the first thing he said to me was, you know, he wasn't coming here to, to step on toes or to, to take over. You know, he kind of just gave me the role. He said, I'm going to help you help guide you from behind the scenes, you know, and I think that was something that really stood out to me. Um, and then I think the, the way that he empowered me in that way, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm a third year guy, you know, you have Mike Conley coming to the team. You really don't know, you know, there's stuff that I don't know that I continue to ask on a daily basis, but he was kind of like, look, this is, you know, you're the leader, but here I'm going to help you in these different ways. You know, and I think his approach with that was, was has helped me, you know, be able to take that, take that surge and, and kind of just be the leader that I am. 
Um, and also just kind of just being there and just give me advice, things I do right, things I do wrong. Um, and not even just Mike, you know, Joe's been there since, since day one, being able to, you know, tell me certain things as well. Rudy's been great. Um, Boyan, um, guys coming in, but, you know, particularly Mike, like you said, he was from the jump, like, look, I'm going to go ahead and find ways to help you become the best player that you can be as well as the best player that this team needs as well. Um, I really appreciated that. Thanks, Donovan. Relay the message to your mom as well. Thank you. All right, we have Tony Jones, the athletic next. You know, that being said, um, you know, kind of backing off of David's question, what's been your approach for this uh, training camp uh, in the terms of, you know, the way you, you're approaching things on, on the floor and in the, in the locker room? Um, just like I said, in the bubble, you know, trying to be the best leader that I can be, you know, understanding that we, we, we need to hold ourselves to a high, high, high standard, which we have. Um, it's not, you know, not forgetting that we, you know, we blew a 3-1 lead. You know, we lost in the first round and there's no more, there's no time for that. You know, there's no time for slow starts. We can't, you know, be complacent when we're up. We can't, you know, just get start work, start focusing more on the details. Like I, I said before, when we're down, you know, we got to continue to play the same way throughout. So that's been my biggest message, keeping the same consistencies on the defensive end, on the offensive end, focusing on the little details. And, you know, not backing down from it. You know, there's no day where we can kind of have that lapse, you know, because the West is stacked, man. You know, and the guys are coming back, you know, and Golden State's, you know, Phoenix made big improvements too. Um, so we got to find ways to continue to stay where we're at, you know, and, and get better as a group. Uh, that's been my biggest message uh, because at the end of the day, there's no, there's no kind of easing our way into this. We need to come out ready to go uh, because losing the first round just ain't it no more. All right, next, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Donovan, good to see you. Um, so in speaking with JC earlier, he mentioned how, you know, Quinn is starting to run him through different actions. Quinn started. Quinn mentioned how, you know, just over the course of last year, he, he it was kind of a learning process for him, mm. figuring out how best to use new guys like JC, like Boyan, like Mike, and how, you know, now with that added familiarity, you know, him to them and vice versa, that so much more is possible. What have you seen out of those guys thus far in, in camp, just in terms of their growth into your system? You said JC and Boyan, is that what you said? Uh, JC, Boyan, and Mike. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've seen a lot, of, a lot of different things. We found some things in the bubble with Mike and JC, you know, obviously with Boyan being out. We found some things early with Boyan uh, when, he had, when he was, you know, with us. I think the biggest thing is just being able to get comfortable with each other. Um, finding actions that we all kind of like and kind of putting us in those and finding ways to get into those through different actions, if that makes sense. You know, whether it's a pick and roll, finding different ways to get into a pick and roll, whether it's a pin down, finding different plays to get us into those. And having myself, Mike, and, and, and Joe, you know, the three primary ball handlers, kind of finding ways to get us into those actions that guys like. Um, so that's been pretty much the biggest thing, just trying to find ways to find what they like, which, you know, was for, for different players. And for those three, it's different things. But being able to run plays and get actions where we're into their, into their habits and into their favorite habits, that way it's more comfortable for them and then we're right. We're smooth sailing from there. All right, next up, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Donovan, kind of an abstract question, but having had coronavirus and gotten past it and it wasn't as big of a concern in the bubble because it was so secure, now you're back, but you've gotten past it. How do you find yourself thinking about it and the impact it's going to have on your season or the fact that it is behind you? Um, it's, it's still a big deal. You know, I think, you know, I, the biggest thing, man, you never know. <laughs> um, you never know. You know, like I said, I had no symptoms. Um, 
Rudy did, you know, so like you said, like we're both healthy, you know, so you never know whether you have it, whether you don't have it, but you got to continue to stay safe. That's been our biggest message here as a team, you know, just find ways to stay safe, you know, staying separate as much as we can. Obviously, it's tough. This isn't football where we play once a week, so if someone does have it, they have six days or seven days, whatever it is, to recover. You know, we're playing three, four games a week, so if we can limit our time, you know, you know, obviously not saying with their with guys with their families, but limit our time where we're, you know, kind of just around, you know, just in case, you know, just playing as if, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, act as if someone, next person next to you has uh, coronavirus, you know, and how would you act? You know, how would you, you would stay, you would stay separate, stay safe. And that's really been the biggest message from us, the training staff, the coaching staff, and the entire organization, and the league, quite frankly. Has the training staff said anything about you getting it again or contracting it again potentially? Is it is it possible? Um, yeah, I mean, from from what I know, it's possible. And like I said, I'm going to treat it as even if it's not, I'm going to treat it like as if it is. You know, I, I don't have personally have. You know, I, I live alone, but like you know, Mike has a family at the house. So you're not really just doing it for your teammates. You're doing it for the teammates' families. You know, our trainer staff has families. Our coaching staff has families at home. Kids at home, whatever it may be. Uh, so you know, I'm not doing it just for myself. I'm doing it for 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 them. You know, because at the end of the day. You know, it's tough being away from your kids. I can, I, I don't know from experience, but I, I see it on guys and on guys' faces. So, you know, to have something as scary as coronavirus, you know, I think, you know, you got to just be selfless. That's the biggest thing, just find ways to make sure everybody's comfortable and we're all good and ready to go. Okay, and we have a last question, follow-up from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Donovan, kind of along those lines, uh, and you had mentioned earlier, you know, that you can't be complacent and the first round is not good enough. And so no slow starts are acceptable, but you guys are going to be, I mean, you're dealing with it right now, having a couple of guys in and out of the lineup. And I mean, how can you sort of combat maybe having slow starts or going through waves when yeah. that's possible? It's no, no. Yeah. When I say that, I don't, it, you know, it, it very well may happen, you know, with obviously, like you said, we're going through it now, but at the end of the day, it's how we approach it, how we manage it. You know, you know, do we have a slow start and do we sulk? Do we have a slow start? Not saying we will, but just how do we approach, you know, different things? You got to be prepared for all things, you know, because we may be ready to go. We may look good going into January, you know, and, you know, three of us may get it, you know, God forbid, but then you're, you're kind of detoured from your, from your path. But how do we make adjustments? How do we find ways to continue to push through? That's the biggest thing uh, that we can only ask for. And this is such an uncertain season. You know, it's not, it's, it's not as black and white as saying, all right, we'll be ready, you know, December 22nd, you know, because something may happen in between then or something may happen after then. But how do we handle it as a unit? Next man up has always been our mentality, being ready, guys being locked in from the coaching staff to the training staff to the guys on the bench, the guys on the floor, being ready to, to you know, support and be ready to, to contribute when, when the time is called. Um, like I said, you just continue to, to, to fight. And I think we've shown a great effort as, in, in training camp and guys have been locked in, you know, and this has been the, you know, one of the best training camps we've had just from a guys being locked in standpoint with the quick turnaround, with a lot of uncertainty going on. Guys have been doing their thing. We just got to continue to do it. That was Donovan Mitchell. His media availability today as Utah Jazz Camp rolls on first preseason game coming up on uh, Saturday night right around the corner. Crazy. All right, coming up next... We have kind of, there's a lot of hypocrisy in the world out there today, uh, Gordon. Uh, we've got another example coming up next. Brace yourself. Oh, oh that's great. That's just great. Brace I yourself. Can't wait. All right. And then David James joins us at four. Christian Cox at 430. David Locke at five. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, I've got a short story for you because we've got DJ coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But uh, but this this story, which is, I guess, not a positive one, did have an aspect that, uh, that made me laugh. Uh, have you ever heard of, uh, let's see here, Brian Onora? Gordon, he's, no, in the, he's an umpire for Major League okay. Baseball. Actually, he right. was an umpire <laughs> for Major League okay. Baseball. He started in the league in 1999. Uh, let's see here. Um, he he umpired an All Star game. He's umpired. He's been on a crew that umped the uh, of the World Series before, uh, the 2012 World Series. He was the umpire of the 2019 All Star game. Well, Gordon, uh, over the weekend he was uh, busted in a um, a, a sting uh, identifying Johns over the weekend. You know you know what I'm getting at. I don't want to be too salacious here, but uh, you know he went on the internet and. Uh, <clears throat> said he was interested in meeting somebody briefly and not for bible study and not for bible study and uh, the the cops uh, turned up and and he was arrested mm. all right uh, so yeah it's not great not 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 great for him but then i read further on in the story and do you know why uh he is no longer a major league baseball umpire gordon because he's bad at calling balls and strikes. No, because he well, in, in some ways <laughs> he opted out of the 2020 season over coronavirus concerns Oh, <laughs> I can't umpire baseball because it's not safe. But uh, meeting up with a, a well-traveled stranger, uh, I'm fine with that. Well, well, Jake, baseball players spit. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, he he was he was inquiring whether said individual had been tested. Oh, I'm gonna on. need I'm gonna need proof of a negative test uh, before before this transaction can proceed. <laughs> you know, I, I'm wondering maybe the umpire life is a lonely existence. Oh man, I well I I've got to tell you the hypocrisy stories uh, that are out there right now like pretty much all make me laugh. My my favorite one is the Austin mayor who recorded a video telling people to stay home and stay safe and don't yeah. travel from his timeshare in Cabo. <laughs> And a margarita just is handed to him. Bob, Bob, stop running the blender. I've got to record this thing. Get off the mechanical bull. I'm doing a press conference. Remember the one I brought up a few weeks ago? The the board member down there in L.A. that uh, shut down all the restaurants and bars and then when the went right to a restaurant, went to a restaurant to celebrate that. I mean, there are a lot of them out there, but this one is from the world of sports, which made me laugh. Like, I am very concerned about this pandemic. I, I am going to be unable to work. I, I am opting out of this season. I am, I am staying safe. Meanwhile, fast forward the clock a couple of months. I wonder how much social. Uh, I wonder how much social distancing went on in the holding cell. Jeez, uh, I, I. You know, I. Uh, what what's uh, what is so is it his intention to continue umpiring? I don't I don't think uh, is uh, that's on top of his mind right now, Gordon. I think he's got some more pressing <laughs> pressing issues. I understand that, but would that kind of indiscretion 
get in the way of him continuing to umpire? Uh, I don't know. He'll be serving a sentence of some kind. Well, they, they're both. Well, he's not going to go to jail for that, is he? No, they're know. both missing. He, he was charged with a third degree misdemeanor and a first degree misdemeanor. So he probably is not going to go to jail. And since it's not a felony, I don't know if they would fire him over it, but. Uh, well, baseball I don't know if, back. I don't know giving, if he'll be umpiring any World Series anytime soon. I, I will I will say this. He's given managers who want to come out and argue with him all kinds of ammo. There is some they? ammo there. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be doing more than just kicking dirt at him. I I read the story and I was like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. I mean, you know, he's married with some kids. I mean, oh, is he married? Talk about uh, flushing the old life down the toilet. And then I got to the, I got to the. Well, he opted out because of coronavirus concerns. And I was like, well, <laughs> well, I don't know if, I don't know if uh, if this is going to accomplish what you're looking for uh, there, Brian. You suddenly didn't feel as bad for him. Is that what you're saying? I just, it's just uh, funny. That's I don't all. feel bad for him at all. I, I don't. Yeah, well, no. People make mistakes, guys. Don't be so judgmental. Okay, Tubin. <laughs> we all do it. You know, Gordon Gordon <laughs> picks the weirdest do. things to defend. He was joking. Well, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not condoning it. I, I just, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what was going on in the dude's <laughs> life. I, Never mind. I, I thought he was kidding. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he'll He's be soliciting. Right. That's not that's I, not cool. I'm not saying it's cool. But Maybe saying... he had a bad day, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, people make mistakes. No, I mean I'm not I'm not suggesting that even DiMaggio that, uh, had to break hey, the streak, if you know what I mean. It's it's a okay or anything like that, but uh, you know how how severe a punishment should he face for that? It seems like. Uh, the punishment on the personal level could potentially be more difficult. Well, I, I just wish he'd be uh, safer during the pandemic, really. That's the lesson I'm taking away from it. You know, it's not being a very good citizen. Yeah, like you said, it's pretty hard to social distance. When, could have been a, a mini super spreader event. <laughs> you guys. All right, David James, how's he going to follow this segment? That'll be a challenge. Oh. That'll be a real challenge. DJ joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> I dare you.